One, two. Awesome. Hey, Jesus said, let's go fishing for men. Didn't he? So when we're fishing for fish, we're going to fish for men, men being men and women, people, because it's his heart to see all of mankind restored and reconciled back into right relationship because the relationship is always and always has been about a marriage covenant, which is about relationship. And so everyone has been invited to marry him. He wants to marry him. He's coming, amen? He's coming. He always has been coming urgently. It always has been an urgent message. The early church always lived with the imminent return of Christ. Paul, his whole life screamed of relationship. It screamed of the return. It screamed, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Make sure you're ready, make sure you're ready, make sure you're ready. There's a banquet that's being prepared after the wedding, called the wedding feast. And at the feast, there is this abundance of food and you've all been invited and you all have a place, but are you ready? And are you ready to partake of what you've been invited to? Or is the letter still in the mailbox? I wonder what that is. Don't know. Too busy to look. Man, I want to be there. Who gets invited to weddings that doesn't show up? I do. That was in Cambodia. (laughs) But we don't, do we? We want to go. We want to go and celebrate with the people getting married because they're our loved ones, they're our friends, they're our colleagues, and we want to be part of this special day. We want to go, we want to enjoy people's company, we want to enjoy the food, we want to celebrate life, don't we? So do you realize you've been invited to a wedding feast and he's coming back to pick her up? Get ready if you're not ready. Make the use of your time while you still have breath. Amen? I was was reading while I was away. This is not what I'm talking about this morning. but I was reading in Psalms and David literally describes us as just nothing. Literally a vapor that is nothing. I was sharing with someone last night how without Christ, life is absolutely futile. Without knowing truth, this is a waste of time. The only thing that makes life meaningful and purposeful is knowing him and living for his will and his purpose. Because everything is perishing, isn't it? People are perishing So the only thing that makes life worth meaning for is to discover who he is and live for him. And that then defines everything else. There is no point to having a child if you don't know who he is and his purpose. That's why Jesus said, live for my will. The people, my family, do the will of the Father, not the will of their own life. Those are my disciples. Those are my people. So we have to make sure that we're not kidding ourselves through religious activity and ticking boxes, thinking we are the people that we're not. And what I want to talk about today is freedom in him because he gave his life that you and I would not only experience what I've just said, 
and be made ready for it, but that our lives here on earth would be a life of abundant freedom. We've been talking about how great he is. We're singing about how great he is. I'm hoping in every discipleship group discussion we are prophesying and declaring how great he is, that that greatness would apprehend us out of what we think is great, and we would let go of that and grab hold of what truly is great, which is him, a person. And we find the greatness in relationship with a living God, amen? Not a dead God, not a God that's put up in a statue like I was talking to those young kids about, not a fat, wooden-made image. That is lifeless, But in him, there is an abundance of life. That's what John 10 says, doesn't it? That in the Christ, there is not only life, but there is an abundance of life. When I think of that word abundance, I think of words like limitless, boundaryless, foreverlasting, infinite. There is no lid on the bottle. The cap has been removed. And so it's overflow, overflow. This is how good he is, that he wants to bring his people into an overflowing life of freedom to be set free. Galatians 5.1, for it is freedom that I came. So if he came for freedom, the purpose is to set the church free. For the spirit of the Lord is upon me, What for God to preach the incredible news of freedom to mankind? I have come with a purpose to declare my Father's will of this incredible, abundant life beyond anything earthly and temporal so my people and mankind would receive the invitation, accept it by faith, and move through into what was an absolute declaration, proclamation that I declared to all of mankind. I started 6,000 years ago, and I continue to speak. Who is he? I'll tell you one thing. He's good. He's amazing. His greatness is astounding. His love trumps anything and everything and will continue to trump anything and everything. He's absolute. Are there absolute truths? Is he the absolute truth? So what he says is true. Amen. And our reality is to come into his truth. Yes. We can't stand there and look at our reality and judge our reality by truth. Truth speaks for truth. My experience doesn't speak for truth. My experience must align with truth. My feelings don't declare truth. His truth must define my feelings, my thoughts, my actions. He is absolute. So what he says is the true. And he says the truth will make you free. So there's an absolute declaration, proclamation from heaven for you and I this morning. Out of an earthen vessel that comes to declare with you a reality about him and a reality that this vessel is into a measure that there is an abundance of life and freedom in him because he says the truth will make you free, Greg. And we have to wrestle together, don't we? 
If we're not wrestling, then we're not the people of God because Israel means to wrestle with God and we are a spiritual people who are to wrestle with God. So all those people who wrestle with God are Israel. From the spiritual aspect I'm talking about, hear me. So as we wrestle with God, because Israel means to wrestle with God, to come into the power of God, for Jacob had his name changed through wrestling with God, and the Bible says he was hit on the hip, and he walked differently, and he walked in freedom. Once he was a liar, he was a deceiver, he was conniving, he was doing all the wrong things. Then he has a wrestle with the Lord, God spins him around, and now he walks with a limp, but he walks differently in humility and life and freedom. So Israel means to wrestle with the Lord. What for? To be changed. To come into the very thing that you and I have been called to come into. This is how amazing he is, that he's the God of abundant freedom. If there's one thing you hear this morning, write this down. He is the God of abundant freedom. And he wants to set us and get us on a course of absolute abundance because the absolute truth Jesus Christ says if you will continue in my word you truly then are my disciples and because you are my disciples the truth will make you free or set you free the Nasby says make you which I like because we are free and we are being made free So we are free, but we're starting to realize the freedom because how many people are fully free here this morning? How many of us are struggling with our humanity? So Jesus comes to set you free from you. Isn't that a good word this morning? That he comes to set you free from you. Your humanity. To walk in an overcoming because nothing can get in the way. No trial, obstacle, demonic presence can separate you because you are called to be more than overcomer. Why? Because of the freedom that you've come into. Why? Because of an absolute promise that was given to you and I in John 8 that says, Church, if you believe, step one. So the crucial step to freedom is to believe. But believe is to have a deep-rooted conviction of something, not just, oh yeah, I believe. I believe in hell, it just doesn't motivate me. I believe in the bride, but I'm living for myself. I believe in you, but I continue to live for me. Why? Because you don't believe. You don't have a deep-rooted conviction of him. Because why? Because he tells us, if you know the truth, you'll be living differently. And we have to wrestle with the fact of our true state. But we don't like to do that because that's going to expose our nakedness. While I was in Cambodia, I had three, what I would just describe as beautiful times with him. I mean, the whole trip's awesome. But at 4.30 every morning, over three consecutive mornings, he, I was asleep. And I've said this before, when you're asleep, he starts to whisper. And the Bible says this, you speak to us in our sleep. And he said to me, he whispered this, he said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. It's beautiful, just this whisper, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. 
Then I heard this, Greg, why do my people draw away from me when I draw near to them? He said, why, when I draw near to them, do they draw away from me? When the promise is, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And then he said, because they're afraid of me. They're like Adam, who was discovered with, I'm naked, let's cover up, let's go hide under a bush. He said, son, I've been drawing near and near my whole lifetime. And yet my people are in reverse. You see, the truth will attract you or it will repel your flesh. If you're in the spirit, walking in the spirit, the truth will draw you like a moth to light. But if you're living in the flesh, the truth will repel you because you're about to get exposed and you don't want to be exposed. So you run from God, never realizing that's what you're doing. It's just fortunate that this God who loves us pursues us <laughs> he's like where are you going where are you going you can't run you can't you know you can't get anywhere he follows you around and you're running and running is where are you going Greg where are you going I'm coming I'm coming will you stop <laughs> hey just stop a minute because I've asked you to pursue me pursue love why because I've asked I want to be in relationship with you son but Lord I don't know you I don't know you this thing's going to expose so I've got to hide my insecurity I've got to hide my jealousy in fact I'm going to run now I'm going to run because I've got to hide all these things I've got unforgiveness and bitterness and hatred and anger in my heart and if I stop that'll all get exposed yeah but I want to set you free of it because I've come to set you free I haven't come to shrink you I've come to raise you up I've come to take you from your humanity and put you on a rock. He's beautiful. He's so good, he will pursue your whole life to bring you into the freedom that he bought and paid for. Because he says, my truth will make my disciples free. And he speaks in this absolute language. Aren't you great he speaks in absolutes? That's why he says, I'm coming back. He is. And the church tries to figure out when instead of figuring out why. It's the why that changes us. The when doesn't. In fact, the when will get you lost and entangled in rubbish but the why will set you free. But we love to build on the when and the what and the how and we forget the why and yet the why is the most important thing. Why is the great commandment the great commandment, people? Why isn't the commission the great commandment? We're going to look at that tonight. So if you want to get an answer for that, come along because I've got the answer from heaven. The answer is simple but profoundly deep. So it will require spiritual ears to hear the true answer that will set you free, not just an intellectual understanding. But ask yourself this, why is the greatest commandment on the planet to love him with all you are? Why isn't it not to go and make disciples? Then ask yourself, where is the focus of your own heart and mind and the church's? It'll change you completely 
if he reveals the answer, deeply rooted conviction here and here. You will be completely different with new passions and a love for him that you've never, ever yet had. Why? Because the truth will make you free. And when you're free, do you know what you're free from? Death, sin, the fear of man, every insecurity, feeling worthy, anxiousness, the unknown, jealousy, insecurity, bitterness, hurt, anger, idols, love of money, pride, possessions, relationships with others, codependent relationships, wrong mindsets, rejection, temptation. Just to name a few. 18 things I could come up with. There's way more than that. So you need to look at that list and say, do I recognize myself on that? Allow the truth to make you free. Because it's the purpose of why he came. Because the truth is a person, yes? I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Here's what he's saying. If you, my people, are truly in the way. You tracking with me? If you're truly in the way, because I am it. If you're in my way, the way I do everything, okay, then you will be in me. Because I am the truth. Okay, it's a process. So I am the bread of life. And if you partake of the bread of life, you will have life. Don't get caught up in miracle signs and wonders. The only reason I did that was to demonstrate I am the bread. But of course we don't. We get hooked up in the miracle and we chase the miracle and we miss the one of the miracle. And the whole purpose of that illustration is to lead you into the bread of life, not signs and wonders. Signs and wonders will naturally flow out of the one who knows the bread. You do not focus on the signs and wonders. Why? Because you are a Jew. What do Jews look for? Signs and wonders. What do Greeks look for? Wisdom. But what do we preach? Christ, Christ crucified. Why? Because that's all I know. Why? Because I know everything in life is in that statement. But no, no, we know best. And we look outside of Christ, we look for the works of Christ and get focused on the works of Christ and we're not in freedom. Why? Because you will not find freedom in works, you find them in truth. And Jesus said, I am the truth. So if you're in my way, you are in me, guess what you're now in? His life. If you're in the way, you are in me and you will experience my life. We are in you, which is what life, Greg? It's an eternal life, 1 John 1 to 4, because Jesus was and is eternal life. How do I get eternal life? The rich young ruler said, not eternity, eternal life. How do I get a life of joy, peace, substance, freedom, rest? I've kept all these commandment things. Yeah, I know you missed it. Through the flesh, we do that all the time. We think if we keep the commandments, we are good boys, but we're not in life because you're missing it. It's a spiritual unlocking. And he says there's one thing you still lack. Oh, what's that? I do not have your heart, Amwar. See, the reason you're not in life, rich young ruler, is because you haven't given me your heart. And if you give me your heart, you'll be in freedom. 
But you have all these other things in your heart, pride, anxiousness, worry, love of money, children, codependent relationships, wrong mindsets. And I came to set the church free. So if you're in the way, me, you're in me because I am the truth, you'll have my life, which is eternal life, and that is the kingdom of God growing and established in me. Isn't that the most amazing thing you've ever heard today? Do you believe it? Really? Remember what belief is? A deep-rooted conviction. Not agree with me intellectually. Agree with me spirit to spirit. That's when you know you're in him. Spirit to spirit. When we can demonstrate the realities when we know we're in truth. See, we've taught if you intellectually know it, you know it. I'm teaching you, you know nothing until it's in you and you're demonstrating it. <laughs> the world doesn't need more theory. The world needs to see a person. The world is full of theory, isn't it? If I can say this, the church is full of theory. But what the world needs is to see a church full of the reality of God. Why? Because of an absolute statement he gave us in John 8, which he said this, if, stop right there, if you continue in my word. Yeah. See, what he's talking about before that, he's talking to him, this is Jews believed in him. Maybe we should go there, right? Let's go there, John 8. I love you how he gives you all this stuff and then he just makes it all become one thing and it's all over the place. <laughs> I haven't talked, spoke about it. Well, anyway, I'll shut up. He's just good. I love how he messes with me. Okay, John 8, 31. The truth will make you free. Say that to yourself. The truth will make me free. Say it to the person beside you. You, know, you see this on plaques on people's fridges. You see it on their offices. You see it on their phones. But here's the challenge. Is it an absolute statement and is it a reality? Because I just want to stress this. God is the God of the absolute. So what he says, he performs on. Abraham, you are going to have a child. Sarah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Why is she laughing? No, I'm not. You know, I'm the God of all things, and I heard you laugh. Ooh. I didn't know you were hearing that one. See, he performs on what he says. So the problem is never God. The problem is what the one receiving what God has said. And there is a way in which to receive that changes you. And let me tell you again, it is not in your mind. It's in your spirit. And the Spirit will then renew your mind once again. That's why the church struggles with this message and to be in freedom because it tries to understand God in its mind. But the mind is in opposition to God until it is renewed by the Spirit. And you and I cannot renew our minds without the Spirit. So if you're struggling, may that truth break you, set you free today. There's a reason why we're not in life and it has nothing to do with him, but it has everything to do with us. Because flesh and blood 
did not reveal to you, Peter, that, my, that I am the Christ. It was revealed from another dimension. Are you hearing that? Some of us need to capture this this morning like a Mike Tyson right hand that will pummel you and punch you from one reality into the spirit because you've been trying and trying and trying and getting frustrated, frustrated and frustrated and running around leaving the Lord. That's what's been happening over six years. Why? Because God's drawing near, but people don't hear him as God, think he is God. Why? Because he's going to unlock and unveil a deep-rooted thing that needs to come out, but nobody wants to get exposed. So we say this, well, I've heard from the Lord, and the Lord's called me to somewhere else. Oh, really? So that's a know that you know that you know that you know, is it? Because that would be the only reason why you'd want to leave a family that's on a pursuit of knowing him, coming into freedom. Oh, yeah, 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 you know, see ya. Oh, okay. Man will always run from God till man knows God. And then we run to God. Doesn't matter how hard it gets. Why? Because he's the answer. Didn't Peter realize that at some point? When everyone was leaving, John 6, you tracking with me? Didn't he say, it doesn't matter how bad it gets, you are the answer to all of life. I know you're the answer. So it doesn't matter whether death happens, this happens, accident happens, this, all these things. What would be stupid to leave you because you are freedom and you're the answer to freedom. Why? Because I'm not living for earth because earth is temporal. I'm preparing for the eternal purpose, which is the purpose for the church. And everything that happens to me here is preparing me for the eternal purpose. That's why Romans 8, 28, 29 says that all things work out for those that love God according to the purpose of God. So we need to know the purpose of God if we're going to lay our lives down because all things work out for the good for those that are living for an eternal purpose who go through crap when crap happens. Because where's the meaning and purpose when crap happens? If it's defined by the earth, there is none. But when it's defined by the true purpose of God for the church, the will of God... Hence tonight, come along and hear more about it. Then you'll live. Because it doesn't matter what happens to me on earth, because this is momentary light affliction in comparison to the eternal glory. What do you think Paul is saying? He's screaming it to the church, going, this is great news. Suck it up. It doesn't really matter compared to the eternal glory. But if you can't see eternal glory, if you don't know what the purpose is, it's hard, isn't it? So God gives us eternal sight to see freedom, to see what we've been created for, which empowers you and enables you to walk through crap and good. Because I've come to bring life and life of abundance on the earth. Now, today, no longer struggling. Let me tell you, let me list them again. With humanity, fear, depression, worry, anxiousness, the unknown, jealousy, insecurity, bitterness, hurt, anger, idols, love of money, pride, positions, insecurity, relationship with others, wrong mindsets, rejection, temptation. Just to list a few. (laughs) He is the healer. He is the one. He will set things free when we are in the way. You see, we try and get free through the ways of the world, wondering why it's not happening. And you need to die and let go because it's foolishness. 
The cross is foolishness to those who are trying to come into the life of Christ, see? It's what he's saying. You Jews look for this. You Greeks look for that. We preach the truth and the truth will make you free. But you are foolishness and it's a stumbling block for anyone trying to come into life, not through the way, but the way requires death. And death births freedom. And we need to die to our humanity. Why? So we can experience freedom. Do you want more freedom? Maybe. I'll have your bit. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty, but this never quenches. I'm glad this never quenches. Only, but here's the absolute promise again, is that in him, he says, you'll never go hungry and you'll never go thirsty. Why? Because I've come to set you free. I've come to take you from your human state and transform you into the image of the sun. Was the sun in freedom? Can we agree on that? Did this, was the son tempted? Paul's message last week. Did he sin? So is he one who is like man, created like man, so he could show you what it's like to walk like a man? He's the demonstration for you and I of a person, a man, who is anointed and powered by the Spirit and by the Word to show you what you and I can overcome in Christ. So there are no more excuses, church. I'm just human. I'm just this. I'm just that. No, you're not. If you have the seed of sonship, you're a son. And sons walk like the son over a period of a lifetime because God is patient with us. Three weeks, four weeks ago, yes. He is so patient that he's holding back, coming, even though he's coming. It's a beautiful sign of meekness. I'm coming, but I'm holding God's intention, Mel's message. He's intention himself. I'm coming, but I'm holding, but I'm coming, but I'm holding, but I'm coming. And she's not as in rest. You see, sons, the seed, doesn't the seed produce after its own kind? So if you've received the seed of sonship, think about this, track with me. Then are you becoming like the son? The son is an abundant life of freedom. He modeled what is possible, left, sent the Spirit to fill the church, and then walk it out. So if we're not in that, we have to stop. I pray you'd be apprehended and arrested right now by what I've just declared, because it's living truth. And you'd be handcuffed, literally, out of your reality, aggressive if need be, that the Spirit would arrest you, grab you by the back of the collar, shake you upside down, and awaken you to something that you have been invited to partake of. If you are already there, bless you, keep going, encourage and speak that to those who are being apprehended right now. Because that is the purpose. Everyone is to finish the race. And the weakest support the greatest, and the greatest support the weakest, and the strongest come behind and get underneath and lift the weak up. So why? So we all run together. What to find, Greg? To find freedom and life and the eternal purpose and to live for something far beyond earth. It's a joke. The Americans are a joke at the moment. 
Donald Trump screaming his stuff. Everyone's screaming their stuff. I love some of the things actually Donald Trump's saying. He's free. No one owns him. He's not being PC rubbish like the world is. He's just saying it as it is. I pray he doesn't get in. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't want anyone to come in. I just want Jesus to return and set up the true kingdom and awaken everybody out of this world. It's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Petty. 24 million on a flag. You are kidding me, aren't you? There are starving people. I've just been to Cambodia and seen people that can't eat and we're spending 24 friggin' million on a stupid flag. Why? Because the spirit of independence wants to break free from the kingdom. Listen to what I'm saying in the spirit. The Americans, the spirit of independence. What is behind this, do you think? The demonic... You better believe it's the demonic behind all this. Wants everyone to be independent, not interdependence. So let's create ripping in the physical. Let's come out from the kingdom and do our own thing and be our own kingdom. Don't hear me in the physical. Some of you are looking at me like this because you're listening through the filter of the physical. Hear what I'm saying in the spirit. There are only two kingdoms operating, demonic and life, correct? And there is something far greater happening on the earth than most of the church is aware of. And we live our life contained in the world when the one who came came to set us free and to bring us into sight to see what's really going on so we would awaken to what's going on and start living for what's truly going on. None of this is in my notes. It's time to wake up and realize that you are in a spiritual battle with demonic forces that are keeping the church apathetic, low, and really non-existent. And yet Christ came to set the church free, to bring her into sonship and the realm of sonship, to see the kingdom come in her, through her, and see it released onto the earth. You and I were bought with a price to lay our lives down to do the will of the Father. Nothing more, nothing less. And it's time we all woke up, meaning the church, not just here. God's been trying to wake us up for six years. But if you hear what I'm saying through your human wisdom, you will not hear it today. I'm speaking words of the Spirit, taught to me by the Spirit, so you need to hear them in the Spirit. If you are a natural person, you will not hear what I'm saying, and in fact, you will go there when you should have gone there. That has also been happening here for six years, hence some of the less of the seats. Why? Because God wants to come, and He wants to do a work to set us all free. But our humanity runs from the true work, unless we know Him. Why? Because no one wants to be exposed. Do we? Who wants to be exposed in front of the person beside you? Husbands don't want to be exposed to their wives. Wives don't want to be exposed to their husbands. Do you know where that's where supposed to be oneness is supposed to start outside of your relationship with Christ? Yet we hide things, don't we? We hide things. Why? Because we're afraid to be exposed. So you're not in freedom. That's why you've got to love one another. See, if I'm loving Danny with the love of Christ and she's loving me with the love of Christ, not our humanity, you know what we can be? We can be first, be open with one another because she's supposed to be my best ally to walk with me into freedom and me for her. 
But if I'm afraid of what I say and I'm afraid it might break my marriage or vice versa or whatever, because why? Well, maybe I don't love her with the love of Christ. So she knows that. So she knows I love her with my human love, so she can't tell me because that's going to break me and it will break us. Can you see why the commandment is the great commandment? <laughs> he is the smartest dude on the planet and we are the thickest. <laughs> but he then gives you the ability, says, come on, come and know my ways because your ways are not mine. I know you're as dumb as a mule, Greg, but I also see the potential of a horse. A stallion. <laughs> That's definitely not in the notes. That's, that is me right there. <sighs> Should I go with that? No. Well, <laughs> oh, that's anointed truth right there, man. Flesh. Look at that. Is that flesh? No. The donkey and the horse was him. The stallion was me. <laughs> Be quiet, okay? Because I might take that somewhere, okay? <laughs> Can you hear what I'm saying, though? But because we're not... God said this to me in the shower ages ago. He said, Greg, do you see oneness? I'm diverting here. Do you see oneness in the church? I said, not really. Not spirit oneness. I see a lot of man-made conformity through a gifting of a very charismatic person who's whipping it all up and everyone's getting sucked into something and they plaster on a wall and they call it unity, but it's conformity to man's vision. He said, yeah, I see that. He said, you know why you don't see unity in the church? I said, why? Because you don't see it in marriage. You don't see oneness in my church in marriage, and yet it's the very covenant I've given for oneness. When a man loves and a wife submits, you get spirit-led oneness. Guys, are you discipling your wives? Ladies, are you submitting to your husbands? Guys, are you worthy to be submissive to? Men, if you're married or not even married, are you fulfilling your function as a male? Or are you running round away from the Lord? Why? Because you're afraid you're going to get exposed just as much as everyone else. See, when everyone plays this game, nobody wins. The church doesn't win, God doesn't win, and the lost don't win. But when everyone commits to getting past their humanity because God promises a reality and says, I want that reality more than my current reality, and I'm humble enough to repent and admit where I truly am, then I may have a chance of seeing this come to fruition. But who's going to do it? Because so far, if we looked at the stats, they're not great. Do you know the divorce rate in the church is about the same as the world? Why? Hey, it's not? Okay, well, I've been told the opposite by statisticians. Okay, so anyway, let's, okay, okay, let's take that, okay? Are we, do we have oneness in our marriages here? Are we different from the world? Are we any different, am I any different from my mate Tim, who's a non-Christian, or am I just saved by the blood? See, if we're not prepared to ask these questions and look at them, then we won't come into life. If we keep avoiding the truth, then we're not in life. Is that a fair statement? When we truly measure ourselves by the truth 
and not our own selves, you hear me? Then what is the outcome? Well, Jesus gives you the pattern. He gives you the measuring rod, and he says this. If you're in my word, you're truly my disciples. That's a bit horrific, isn't it? Can you hear the seriousness of what he's saying? Like I've said to you, the truth can repel you or attract you. Right now, some of us are being repelled by what I just said. Stay with me. Because he loves you unconditionally. He loves you that you would come into this, but he loves you so much he has to show you your true state. Otherwise, you're never going to acknowledge your true state, which means you will never come into what is for you because you're not even looking for it. You're too busy running away from the realm and reality because of your humanity and my humanity. Can you hear what I'm saying? So he says this, if you're truly, if you're in my word, then you're truly my disciples and the truth will make you free. So we're in it to a measure because we've received him. What are we free from? Eternity away from him. Are we free from insecurity? Ladies tend to struggle with this more than men. But men struggle with it as well. What are you struggling with, men? Are you insecure of another man? Are you insecure about money, title, position, authority? Most people in the world are worried about their own lives. And our own lives consume us and keep us in a bubble. Would you agree with that? And yet there is this whole eternal reality right now for us. And every time he just gives you an invitation... Do you want to be free? 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 Do you want to be free from this stuff? He's going to do it his way. Some of us want a quick zap. He says, okay, I hear, I take you at your word, now let's walk. Oh, I, didn't, I don't like that way. Now this is how it needs to look. It needs to happen within two seconds. I need to pretty much remain the same. There's nothing I can lose, and I want to bring all my comfort with me. Well, then he would say, that's not my way, and you can maintain that way, but you won't be in me and my freedom. So where does the choice lie? I'm just going to finish with this last thought. It was for freedom that Christ came to set us free. Do not be yoked again to the bond of, or the yoke of slavery. So the Galatians were going back under and into circumcision. Some of them were hearing we've got to go back. They were being led to go back under the law and to be circumcised. All that, you know, that, well, sorry, circumcision was a big thing, which is not. So they're going back under bondage, back under slavery.
You're like, what are you guys doing? This means nothing. Now you take that, let's look at it in the spiritual as we've been doing. Everything that Jesus says, is, does, is to keep you and I in freedom. Ah, oh, he just wants to wreck my life. He's the greatest killjoy on the planet. I just want to go and experience this, and then I'll do this. See, we're so dumb that we don't know what's good for us. And what we think is good for us is poisoning us. But we're so dumb we don't know it. And we think we've got it all down pat. So we don't follow the way, and we do our own thing. Then we whinge and moan about the lies we've got because we're doing it our own way. Then we turn around and give him the finger and blame him and get angry with him when it's all our fault. None of you here have done that, have you? <laughs> Neither me. It's all those other people. Yeah. They all need to know the truth. We've got it. What a load of crap. We're talking about us, aren't we? Everything, every truth, every word, every aspect, everything he has given us is to not only keep you in freedom, it's to bring you into the abundance of freedom. Why? So you can glorify him. Then love one another. Then release his kingdom into the world. But if we're not in it, we can't love one another. We're not glorifying him. We're certainly not seeing his kingdom re-released because we have no clue about that reality. Even though we may profess it to be true, we honor him with our lips, but our hearts are a mile away from the reality. Once again, that is the truth. That's what we do. And we have to stop and we have to repent if we truly want freedom. We are all in this together. No one sits outside going, look at me, I think more highly than I ought to. Not here anyway. And we go, can we walk this out? Because everything, every guideline, every truth, everything that's placed in that book, everything that's found in Christ is to keep us in the position that he bought and paid for and to see us flourish in that position, to see us grow in that position and to see us receive the fullness of his eternal purpose. The question is, do you want it? It's always been the question. And the Bible said God looks and he waits and he waits and he draws near and he draws near. He's, those that are coming to him, he draws near to. Those who are running away from, he pursues in the hope that in all of this, out of all of this will come those that say yes, amen, and can stand before him with a whole heart, with authenticity, and go, look. He goes, there you go. There's the reward, the crown of righteousness. Well done. What did Paul say? He gave us five Fs. Fought. I spoke about a spiritual war. He fought 
a good fight. You mean there's a fight? Mm -hmm. Most of the time it's with ourselves. Our humanity wins, the spirit wins. So I fought this fight. By what? Faith. I finished the race. Don't get entangled in sin. Hebrews 12. But run the race. What race, Greg? The race. (laughs) Is there a race? The race. The race. What's that? It's called my living word. Those who continue in it are made free. The depth of this book is filing cabinets. This isn't just a book, filing cabinets of life. Really? Yep. And then I await the future. Isn't it beautiful? He is screaming. The man's legacy is living even though the man died thousands of years ago. His, his life is, he see, let's so get this out. There is a reward, isn't there? If I can say this, hear what I'm saying. He is still accruing points for his life today for his reward. You tracking with me? See, your life goes beyond this life. So the man Paul, through even me speaking today, is accruing points for his reward obedience for his life because what he went through he wrote down for you and I to partake of he gave his life for you and I to receive what he's writing so the question is what are we doing with a man who gave his life for us would you give your life for one two a church a whole people why because you've come into something He says, yes. So he says, I fought the fight. I finished by faith. The life I live, I live by faith. It's the only way to live. And the future awaits. What about you? I think that's enough, eh? Out of everything I said, just remember this. There is an abundance of freedom in Jesus. And he's come to set us free and to maintain our freedom. And that freedom is found in him. His living word is him. Please do not be like the Pharisees that search the scriptures because you think in the scriptures you have eternal life. Go back and listen what I said eternal life is. You fail to come to me to have life. So you have to know the difference between the scriptures and the living scriptures. You need to know the difference between the words written in ink and the word. And the only way you will know that is through the Spirit of God revealing. That's why many people have got hoodwinked on the words and have been led astray and are convinced that they have something, teach everyone else, but what they cannot demonstrate is the wisdom of God. What they don't have is a love that is of eternal. They don't have a joy. They don't have a peace. 
They are anxious and worried about many things and consumed with their lives, but yet they profess to have knowledge. There are so many people, Christians like that in the world. Absolute truth will make you free. And there is a reality to be experienced through us knowing the Word, who is the Son. Through these words. Remember what Paul said? I speak of things freely given by the Spirit. I write them down. I've added that. So if you're going to understand the words of Paul, they come from the Spirit. You tracking with me? They don't come from your ability, your intellect, just to read it, because they're from the Spirit. So Paul has received them from the Spirit, taught by the Spirit, and he speaks words of Spirit. Words are Spirit, not these words of Spirit. There's no way you can understand his words without the Holy Spirit. You're trying to understand them in the natural. Oh, I don't understand it. I don't seem to have this life. Yeah, because you're going the wrong way. You're trying to understand it through flesh and blood, man's ability, flesh, the world, the operating system of the world. You need to repent and allow the cross to smash that mindset to bring you into the realm now you find yourself experiencing and living from this eternal life. It's an absolute truth for you and I, and it is to be known and experienced and lived out because God wants you and I to know him and he wants you and I to be like the son and the son knew his father and the son experienced the life of his father and then he went and sent the spirit of God to come and do that work, amen so we better start wrestling if we're not because there is a match that's on amen Father I thank you for abundant freedom and I thank you that in you, the truth, we find it. It's narrow, but it's wide. It's narrow, but it's wide. And you are an abundant Father, an abundant God. And you want to set us all free from every single thing that holds us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. What we're going to do is I'm just going to invite the elders to come. And I know this is spoken to us and there'll be people that are struggling with things. And they're just going to come and stand here at the front with me and we're just going to pray. And if you want ministry from him today through his body, then I would invite you to come and receive ministry from him through his vessel. Be bold. Declare. The Bible says if we confess with one another the things that are holding us back, then he will come and set us free. Come with faith. Come with an absolute belief 
Don't come with doubt. Double-mindedness. The man with double-minded receives nothing. Come with absolute faith, knowing I want to be set free of whatever this thing or these things and trust in him that he will do a work. So Kirk will just play. If there's nothing, can I ask you to pray for the people that come forward? This isn't a time to just be a spectator. It's the time to be a participant and to pray. You may know the people. If you need to come with someone, say, can you please come with me? But don't let this time pass. God is the God of moments. He's the God of events. And he's the God of process. So come. Come as we sing and let him minister. Showers of mercy 